Cool. All right, welcome back to part three of the podcast today. We're kind of, kind of getting long-winded here. It's been uh, it's been fun talking a little. Uh... It was interesting because uh, tonight we came in with about three bullet points, and now we have three different sections to tonight's podcast, which I think has only happened one other time. Kismet. And I don't. I wasn't feeling particularly like we had all that much to talk about, but now I'm feeling like. Uh, at the end of this, we may even leave some things out. That's right. That's right. Well, this last part we want to talk about, it's, it's hurricane season in New Orleans. And um, I t- uh, texted you earlier today thinking, uh, you know, why don't we tell, I don't think you and I have ever shared evacuation stories with each other. Uh, no. I've got one that's pretty interesting. Um, and uh, I have no idea what you've got, but how, how do you want to proceed? Well, um, we could flip a coin. Okay. But that would be difficult because we can't see each other. That's right. Well, I would trust you if you have a coin. <laughs> this, is, this is great pod. Okay. All right. Uh, so I have a coin here. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yep. I'll take What tails. do you got? Tails. Tails? tails. So, okay. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to ask Here we man. go. And, and. Tails. Tails. Boom. Tails. Right. Boom. So, 1988. No. Uh. The, fun, the interesting thing about <laughs> I grew up in North Carolina, and, and so hurricanes were part of part of uh, my life, just as it was yours growing up in New Orleans, you know. And uh, though I was inland, I spent a lot of time on the coast, on the beach. Sure. And uh, I just remember hurricane parties. Hurricane parties were a big part of my youth. You know, I remember like being on the Outer Banks and the hurricanes rolling in. Which the Outer Banks have gotten hammered a few times in the last fifteen years, like completely hammered, like land shifting, you know, like roads no longer being there because it's just, it's a pretty small strip of land anyway. But uh, I remember just thinking, hurricanes, you got up on the roof, watched it roll in, and you hunkered down, but you were definitely drinking and partying, and there was sex involved, and you know, it was good. I remember Hugo when I was in college. Hugo kind of came in and trashed Charlotte, where I was going to college at the time. Sure. Uh-huh. I remember going, and we were so sure that there wasn't going to be school because it was like Hurricane Four or Five, uh, Category Four or Five. We were so sure there wasn't going to be school the next day, and it was during exams. And so we just stayed up all night. And of course, I go into like biology the next day, hat in hand, uh, saying that I'm not prepared to take my exam because of the hurricane and. I happened that the only place that didn't lose power in that part of the city was right around campus. So like all of our professors had not had lost power and not showered or whatever and they were just kinda like, Fuck you. You fucking spoiled kids. You know, we just happened to be in like right around the campus that didn't lose but Um, anyway. Uh the whole hurricane thing was always just kind of like Lark. Drop out the audio? Is that just me? Uh, I'm not really sure. But uh, so you know the hurricane. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I just I, okay. I thought I was hearing something drop out. But. Mm. So fast forward to living in New Orleans, and by the time 1998 September rolled around, uh, this was rumor Hurricane uh, George's. Hurricane George? Yeah, George is. Yeah. Plural. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, they called it George. George. Well, there was George, but then there was, there was been a George and a Georges. No, no, same one. Mm, I thought there's been two. Maybe we're not both in New Orleans, but. Uh, George, G E O R G E S. That's right. Yeah. Was, yeah, that's the same one. It was September 1998, I want to say, and Francis. Was yeah, like that was the first one where everybody in New Orleans evacuated. Ex- oh, exactly. Exactly, and that, uh, that, that kind of speaks to my point about like, this idea that hurricanes were always kind of a lark and you really didn't pay them any mind. And my experience in New Orleans at that time, I had been living there for a little over four years, um, there was this uh, sort of consistent thing where a hurricane would be coming to, towards New Orleans and then take a, go west or east in a really hard course. You know, like it would just shift, like it's coming straight sure. for you, and then it would just shift, and you kind of got lazy affair a little bit about it, right? I mean, would you? Would you, does that how you? Well, it would. It would. It would. I mean, definitely, there's a, a lore in regard to the eastern shift of a storm, where people would, uh, you know, yeah, it would be coming, and it would make a characteristic C-shaped arc going headed toward the east coast. And and yes, I, I I do believe people got a little bit like lackadaisical about that because because the the southernmost position of the storm would never be uh, in a way that would make that sea dangerous to the city of New Orleans because right. it would always put you on the uh, northwestern quadrant of the storm, which is typically the least powerful part of it. Right, right. Well, maybe not the least powerful part, but less powerful than the north. The northeastern part, which is where you don't want to be. So we were, we were, you know, as as a community, pretty lackadaisical about the whole thing. And I had never evacuated for a storm. In fact, ten days earlier, Francis, uh, tropical storm Francis, hit New Orleans, and and maybe it was a low grade hurricane. I can't remember, but um, there was there was a ton of flooding, like severe flooding. I don't know if it was just the femur bands or or what, but. It's one of those surreal feeder, days. Feeder bands? Feeder bands, talking? thank you. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, I remember, I, there was this day when I'm, I'm living over by Snake and Jake's, like two houses down, and I've got like three roommates or whatever, and it's one of those days where it's like, wow, it just stormed like crazy, but it's so gorgeously beautiful. It's like perfect. It's like, this is like September 10th or something, and... It's gorgeous, crystal clear sky, kind of cooled down because of the storm, you know? And we had been hunkered down and we had supplies and whatnot, but now we're like, well, let's go, let's go to the Blockbuster. You know the Blockbuster over by the Smoothie King uh, on um, Claiborne and um, Broadway? Yeah, yeah, Claiborne, Claiborne and State, like around there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to go over there. It's where, like, Naked Pizza is now or whatever. Yeah, and sure. So we're going to go over there. And, like, me and this dude, Creepy Neil. This is Creepy a pre- Neil. Yeah, this is a good precursor to, to, to what happened the following week with, uh, with George's. Um, creepy Neil was a creepy dude. He walked with a cane. And uh, I, I spread a rumor one time that Creepy Neil and, and B. Singer had gay sex together. And uh, huh. one of the highlights of my life was when someone told me that rumor. Which is a great feeling, by the way. If you're a rumor spreader like I am, when it comes back to you and you get to act shocked, 
Uh, it's an awesome moment, by the way. Yeah, it's an accomplishment. I don't know if you ever spread rumors, but man, that was like, and to this day, like, B won't mention it to me, but I know he harbors some ill will towards me. But he, he kind of deserved it. Not, I'm not gonna. I'm not in the habit of spreading rumors, but I do have the goal of spreading a a hoax. Diseases. Oh, sorry. A hoax. A hoax. <laughs> a hoax. Yeah. Okay. okay. I want to do a hoax. Okay. A big well, one. Well, like uh, this was kind of a hoax. Well, it wasn't a hoax. It was just I. I didn't spread a rumor. I created it, and then I spread it. I just. I just. That's right. I just, That's right. I just, That's I just, good. I, I nudged it out the nest. And let it yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah, a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So creepy Neil, uh, goddamn, no one ever wanted to be around this guy, you know. And but here I'm, he's the only guy around with a car who's willing to go to the blockbuster because we're like, fuck, we've been hunkered down for like a day. Let's go get some movies, whatever, and some booze, uh, replenish the booze. And it's like three in the afternoon. It's gorgeous, man. And we're trying to get there. We're going through uptown New Orleans. And, dude, at every turn, there's flooded streets everywhere. When I say flooded streets, like three and four feet flooded, you know? And we're driving through one foot of water everywhere we're going. And it becomes very clear to me, and I don't give a fuck about Creepy Neil or his car, but it's like a video game at this point. It's like it becomes clear to me that you can't stop. You have to keep driving. And I'm telling just keep driving, keep driving, keep driving. And we'd get to a street, and it was this funny thing where you'd like, you have to make a decision as you're driving and hope that it's not too deep where you're going. You know what I mean? Have you ever had that? And it was the weirdest experience. Oh, no. Yeah, there's no doubt. When I worked at Loyola and I had the Honda Civic, the the rain came down so hard sometimes. And because I was in Uptown, I knew that it was going to flood, that I raced out of work like 20 minutes early without telling anybody, just to get to my car so I wouldn't be stuck uptown. Right, because right. For me, that was the worst thing. I, I just didn't want to be stuck in that area yep. in where I was. Yeah, I had yeah, to get yeah. out of there. And, and my motor stalled out like twice. And there were weird things that happened for days after that because How the bottom the part of the motor had been submerged in water. How high is the water at that point? Three feet? I, I no, I wouldn't say three feet. I mean, three feet would have been really problematic for that car. Totally, you start it's getting a low, water low in the car. Slung car. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I would say that it was at least a foot, foot, foot and a half. You know, foot, foot and a half. Well, yeah, this was, sure. We were like in a late model car, you know, like a Ford LTD or whatever. You know, sure, right. And we're cruising, and it's like we're getting through it, and we're like high fiving as we get through a block. And then again, you can't stop, and you have to make decisions. And I'm like. No, that way. I'm sure of it. We go right, and of course, the second we turn right, I see a dude. I see a dude. Waist deep. In the waist deep. And we're coming for him? And he's so... Look, he's in the middle of the street. He's got his back to us. And he's so confident there's no way a car would be coming down the street. He's not even thinking about it. Of course a car wouldn't be coming down the street. We almost ran this dude over. (laughs) Which folks, if I can explain to you something, the slowness with which all of this progresses because the water is so deep makes that stunning to me because that would be like getting run over in slow motion. Oh, we were going like by the time we rolled up to the guy, we were like five miles per hour and halting to a stop. And 
he turns around like shocked. He can't believe like what it would have been was a nudge. You like what, by the time we hit him. Yeah, you would have nudged him. It would have been a nudge. He would have died because of a nudge. He, he would have had a heart attack. He turns around and looks at us like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And then now the water... It would have been the world's first flood nudge drowning victim. I wish that would have happened, Jeff. God damn, I wish that would have happened. But something almost as good did happen. Um, he looked at us. He was like, fuck you guys. What are you doing? I just struck He sold you some weed. And then no, the, the water yeah. starts flooding into the car. You know, because we are like three and a half, four uh, feet uh, deep at this point, you know? Three uh, feet. Uh, so the water's coming in the car to the point where we can't open the door. I had to climb out the window yeah. of the car. And then I mean, there was never any, like, danger, like, I'm going to be drowned in this car. That's dumb. I mean, we were able to roll the windows down because they were handle windows and get out. And, of course, because it's creepy Neil, I never inquired again what happened to the car. I just went about my day. I, w I walked onto the Blockbuster and I got our shit. And I walked home and, you know, because it was only a couple of miles or whatever. Uh, I fucking said, see a creepy nail. <laughs> you know, the second the car was right. flooded. Right. And uh, I didn't think fucking twice about it, you know, except, wow, that was funny. That was fun. It's the most fun I'm ever going to have a creepy nail, for sure. And uh, Man, creepy nail is loathsome. Do you know? No. I don't know who Creepy Neil is. Yeah, he's a creepy guy. I don't know if he's loathsome. Loathsome. I don't know if he's loathsome. I mean, I, I didn't even, I didn't have, I didn't loathe him. I didn't you anything didn't. him. I mean, just, it sounds like loathing. No, he's just creepy. He's just a dude I don't like to be around. Oh, okay. He, he doesn't, he doesn't inspire, like, loathing or hatred or, you know. Just creepy. He's just creepy. Huh. I just don't like hanging out with the dude. It's as simple as that. Um... He's like a midget, you know? You wouldn't hang around with a midget? Eh, if the midget had a personality, maybe. But he's like, he's like a circus guy or something. I don't know. He's just, he is what he is. So, uh, fast forward 10, 11 days, whatever it was, Hurricane George's is coming, and it's on. Everyone is taking this very seriously. It's the first, hur it's the first Category 5 hurricane since Andrew which was like whatever, 10 years before that devastated Florida. And you're seeing these... Uh, and, and, and Laplace, by the way. What's that? It also devastated Laplace. Okay, it did. Laplace, Louisiana. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was an incredibly devastating storm, uh, Andrew was. And now, so we have in the, the first Category 5 storm since then, and it's, it's trajecting like it's going to come up the mouth of the Mississippi. And if that's it right. does that, that's like the, the perfect storm for New Orleans is that... Doomsday. Doomsday. It's doomsday. It's like the city's done. It's like New Orleans yeah. is over. If the yeah. eye of a hurricane, Category 5, comes up the Mississippi, it's over. Because you've got all the water from the river, you've got like Pontchartrain on the other side, and it's just going to... The city's going to fill up Well, and the ball. storm surge from the, from the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, too. forget about it. It's yeah. over. And that, it's all, that, was all, that was all in our minds. We were like, wow, this could be the real thing. And it was the first time in the four or five years I had lived in New Orleans that everyone was like, we're getting the fuck out. And so there was this funny thing. We're all hanging out at the, the house, which is almost like a communal house. Next to Snake, it was like Snake and Jake's 2 was my house at the time. Huh. And everyone's figuring out where they're going. And you're actually like, Creepy Neil is there. <laughs> like, you're like, well, who's going? Like, where? It's, like, it's almost like picking a, uh, 
uh, when you're a kid picking your team, you know, except that there's no order. Like we're not flipping a coin saying you get to pick first. It's more organic than that, you know? Right. So you're trying to figure out like, oh, did I just hear that person's going? Because there was three destinations, Houston, Pensacola, or Jackson. That's where there was, and there's 20 of us in the room. And everyone's talking about who's going with who. And all I care about is going with the people that I like to hang out with. You know, I'm not thinking at all about, and I, I just ruled out Houston. It's like, fuck Houston, because that's, I don't, I don't want to go to that city. Because um, there was like a baseball game happening or something. I didn't like the idea of any of that. So I was leaning towards Jackson, but I was trying to get Creepy Neil to go to like Pensacola. Like ATN was going to, uh, Dave Felice was going to uh, Pensacola, and a couple ladies with him were going to Pensacola. Uh, Mike Cohn and Rick Farman were going to Houston and they were trying to get a contingency going on. And what ended up happening was like two people went to Pensacola, two people went to Houston, and like there were 18 of us went to Jackson, you know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this is when like we're making this decision and uh, again, like we're the feeder bands have coming in or whatever. So it's like storm, storm, storm. But then that, and this is what's cool about the storm is that it's raining hard and dark and black and then the feeder band goes away and it's gorgeous. It really yeah. is truly the calm before the storm. That's know? right. And Which happened. A, it's such a Which serene, happened. cool, awesome, awesome. It's like the only time in the New Orleans summer where it doesn't feel totally humid and it's just it's, it feels crisp. The air feels crisp. It's awesome. You know, It's just a really nice feeling. And you don't want to leave. And uh, so we're like, well, okay, we're going to go to Jackson and we get our shit together as quickly as we can. And we have a three car caravan. Okay. And we're gonna, we have to go across the causeway, which is the causeway. How many miles is the causeway over, over Lake Pontchartrain? <coughs> 24 miles. 24 miles. So we're going over the causeway. And here's, here's our caravan. You got Creepy Neil out in front. Here's the thing we took more cars than we needed for people because. People don't want to leave their cars during a hurricane, right? So you've got like, and again, this this caravan was only like the first of our, we probably ended up having like seven cars going to Jackson, but I went with these three. So it was Creepy Neil and somebody with him in the first car, me and Jeff Landry and Jeff's really nice car and he's smoking weed and we're drinking like malt liquor. Because Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Landry, I don't know if you ever knew him, but he was like, he coached football at uh, uh, Lincoln or whatever. And um, no, Ben Franklin, excuse me, Ben Franklin, <laughs> Lincoln. And uh, he's one of those white dudes who's like super down. He's like, you know, black guy. <laughs> he's rolling his spliss and fucking drinking as we're driving. And then we've got Holly, my good friend Holly, behind us with a couple people in her car, and I've been driving Holly's car recently, and her brakes, like, were practically gone, okay? Now, keep in mind, Creepy Neil was driving the car that had gotten flooded 10 days prior in Francis. That's right. And I'm That's like, right. I can't even believe that car's on the fucking road. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yep. we're going, and then behind us is going to be, like, Barbecue Dave, and Marcus is in one of the cars, but Barbecue Dave is going to be coming, and Jillian, and all these people are going to be coming... And we're, we're, we're on the causeway as this latest, and it's dark. It's like nine at night, and the feeder band's ripping the fucking causeway up. And it's just fucking, fucking thrashing with rain, you know? But in Jeff's car, Jeff of the three cars, he's got like this new car, 
you know, and you just have to put up with his cologne and weed smell and malt liquor smell. <laughs> like, he's listening to music, and the dude's laid back. And it's kind of awesome, you know? So we're probably 10 miles into the causeway. Suddenly, look, visibility wasn't great anyway, but again, in this new car with the good windshield wipers, you know, you could actually see pretty good. You could see okay. Though it was driving black rain. And you know, the causeway's a dark-ass motherfucker anyway, right? Yeah, sure. Suddenly you could see nothing. Nothing, dude. But white cloud. Nothing. And I swear to God, I realized what happened. I was like, fucking Creepy Neil's engine blew. And he's, a, he's ahead of us. And dude, you can't see a thing. And I said to Jeff, I turned to Jeff, and I was partying with Jeff too. I was partaking. And I was like, Holly's bricks are fucked up, by the way. <laughs> As we're, so we're in this moment where Holly's <laughs> behind us. So dude, we're breaking. The funny thing is, I don't know what was because of the weed or the malt liquor, but we... We were, this, whatever 10 seconds this was in our lives, we were able to break it down like it was an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were like, I was like, Jeff, you're going to need to ride your brake and your gas prepared for impact on both sides. Because right. we're about to run up on Creepy Neil, and we're about to get run up on. <laughs> because we can't see shit, you know. And then he's like, he lays the brake too hard. Because he's afraid of running in the creek. I mean, I can see that. You're driving, you can't see shit, you're going to hit the brake. You know what I mean? Sure. He hit the brake harder than I would have. And we got slammed by Holly. And both of us, like, jerked forward, man, hit our heads on the dashboard. Uh, there wasn't enough bracing, you know? And, uh, or maybe that was a problem that we braced too much. I don't know. But so we fucking get slammed into. And get out the car. And meanwhile, like, we're holding up traffic and shit. Dude, we totaled all three cars. In our car. Totaled them? Yep. Because Creepy Neil's, who didn't get an impact, his was totaled because his engine block broke. Something about the way that Holly hit Jeff's car made his car uh, unoperable. I, I wish I could remember why, but his car was done. Like, it, it wouldn't work anymore. And same with, and then Holly's car was actually totaled. Like, she fucked her, she hit us with such impact that her engine was fucked up. Oh, my God. I mean, we got slammed into, like, she didn't break it all. Of course, her brakes were fucked up. <laughs> she fucking crushed us, man. Wow. So we get out on the thing, and meanwhile, Creepy Neil, we all, we're like 15 feet. Fortunately, we didn't hit his car, but we're like, we ended up like, I don't know, very close to his car. And his car's on fire. You know? Oh my. And I'm sitting there like, I'm concussed. All right? And not thinking clearly. And get what I, I was like, I don't want to be around a car that's about to blow up. And I don't want to be the dude that walks away from the car that gets blown up, that's about to blow up and get hit by a car. Because as you know, on the causeway, those are very narrow roads. And there's not like much like emergency lane type shit. You know what I mean? No, there's none. There's like, there's like no fucking real estate. And I'm like... There isn't any. I mean, you have to be next to 
one of those crossover points which we in order to pull off the road. Which we were the only other option that you have is a call box that is right. uh, accessible by what can only be described as a cement catwalk that's, that's right. on the side of the road. There is no shoulder. So there's no shoulder at all. That's right. So we're just holding up traffic, and I'm like, but is it? how many lanes is it on each side? Two. Yeah. So I'm like, am I going to get fucking killed by oncoming traffic, or the, the traffic coming my way, rather? Or am I going to get blown up? And here's what I did. I fucking, and I was out of it, man. Again, I suffered head trauma in my defense. I fucking climbed over to the side of the bridge. This is the causeway. This is like Lake Pontchartrain. And I fucking scurried down the bridge girder and just hung out underneath the bridge for like 20 minutes. Like bear hugging the big fucking like girder thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm like four feet over the water. <laughs> Why? Why did you do this? Gather well, didn't I just tell you? I was you were I was concussed. I'd had some sort of trauma, head trauma. I was stoned. I had been drinking malt liquor. And I was afraid I was gonna get blown up by the car or hit by a car. And I wanted to go somewhere to safety. So I climbed underneath the bridge. So you climbed toward the churning waters of doom. <laughs> I didn't look at it that way. I mean, at least under the bridge, I wasn't getting rained on anymore. Uh, and you know what I thought? I was like, oh, this water's only eight feet deep anyway. I wasn't even thinking about the current. I was just thinking if I fall in, it's only eight feet deep. I guess eight feet deep can kill you just like 30 feet. I don't know what I was thinking, but... I fucking just hung out there for like a good solid 20 minutes. I just like nestled up. At first it was like I was hanging on. It was exerting a lot of energy to hang on. And then I found a way to like get back on top and kind of like chill there, you know? And were frightened friends and those who, and acquaintances feverishly and frantically looking for you? No, no. <laughs> I don't think so. They weren't. So, oh, no. so they didn't. They didn't do they a head didn't, count. They didn't even register that I was missing. When I came back up, they were like, "What?" Yeah, that? that's what I mean. No head count. I was like, I was just underneath the thing. They were like, "What?" I was, like, I was underneath the bridge. What do you mean underneath? I was underneath the bridge. What do you mean underneath the bridge? It's like I climbed down the thing. Uh, but get what happened while I was so. Down. So if you had perished at that moment, it might have taken them a day to realize that, like. Joel was missing. No, it would have taken him 20 minutes to notice I was missing. I mean, once we got like back settled on our route, that had been like, where's Joel? They would never have thought I was drowned. They would have thought, dude, I pulled the Irish exit. They, they would have thought I had either just walked or jumped in someone else's car, a stranger's car. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revise that assessment if, if I could. I don't think it would have been once they got back on the road. I think it would have taken some time. No, no, they would have, they wouldn't have. At least 20 minutes. No, 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 they 20 minutes up the road. We were all in shock, but they... Guys, where's Joel? No, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been that. So get no, this. Dead. So get this. Uh, what happens is uh, while I was underneath there, uh, Fly, the guy who makes his front of house sound from Tipitina's, happened to be just behind us and kind of log jammed and pulls up and he recognizes the various folks on our crew. And he dreadlocks? Happens, dreadlocks? No. Fly? No. no. Big, big, big dude. Uh-huh. Uh, and he happened to have a fucking fire extinguisher in his car.
wedding with his mother. And he put the fire out. And then he went ahead with a couple of our friends. They went to one of those call boxes. And then we had two or three more cars coming for the rest of the crew. And we all piled in and we ended up, you know, of course traffic was like to get to Jackson, which was normally what, maybe three or four hours. It took us like 12. Well, sure, yeah. You know, because we were just creeping. And there was lots of like, I got to pee again. And I'm just going to like pee while I'm walking next to the car driving. It's like that slow, you know. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of a few of those. And then we get to Jackson and it's like Barbecue Dave and Marcus and I mean, every, it's so many people. And I don't even, this, but we get there, by the time we get there, we're so fucked up that I don't even know whose house it is. We immediately just kind of start partying. And then, of course, we've got the Weather Channel on, the news. And uh, it becomes apparent at some point, I don't know, the next 12 hours, that the storm's not going to hit New Orleans directly mm, right. at all. And we just start partying. And I, the rest of the next 24 hours was such a blur. And the two things that I can tell you, I, there were some adults there. When I say adults, I mean, we were all adults. But there were some people like in their 50s or 60s there. And I don't know what their role was. And there was these young people who were, I guess, offspring of those older people who were more like our age, and this is how blurry things were, that I'm talking a lot about them as offspring of these older people, and and we were partying, and there was like cocaine and like liquor, and I'm like, wow, we're in like sleepy-ass Jackson, and, and then we like barbecued, and then Marcus and I like set the backyard on fire. Uh, I say Marcus <laughs> and I, it was probably me, um, but it, Marcus and I put the fire out, uh, and, the crazy thing was like, fast forward through all this blurry ass shit. Like again, we know we're home free at this point. It's like eight o'clock in the morning. The sun has come up. We've been up all night. And this girl who was super cool, who was from Jackson, I was like, wow, who is this person who just like completely got into our vibe and partied with us? And she's awesome and rad. And there's all this. She's I think she's providing the blow maybe, and fun it's just a really just a and it's this gigantic ranch house it's like really it's like we're not in squalor you know we're like living we're in this great fucking house and just having so much fun there's probably like a hundred different stories happening at once between all of us in different pockets of people and it's all coming to an end and we're about to jump in our cars soon and it's 8 a.m and this car pulls up and I think I might have had designs on this girl a little bit, this aforementioned girl. I'm like, what's going on? Where are you going? She's like, well, I'm off to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's some postmodern shit right there. And I was there. like, there you, go. you, did the rehab get that's scheduled how, since, that's we, how it works. since we've been here? Or was the rehab scheduled before we arrived? And she's like, uh, it was definitely scheduled before you said, arrived. before we and, and it was precipitous that the storm occurred when it did because that gave her all the excuse that she needed to get fucking high. Because, of course, we might die the next day. Dude, she partied her nuts off. The, but the, I always feel weird about this because I've, I've probably partied with five different people now who have gone straight to rehab. And I was like their last party person. And I definitely was this girl's last party because we were definitely hanging right there until the better end. 
and she had not given me a clue about what was going on. But there's kind of like a fuck you, man. Really, like ah, I feel I feel like you know you feel ah, you kind of feel used a little bit. You know, and plus it's like, wait, I'm stuck with my. Well, Joel, well, don't worry about it, man, because all all it is is just a recurring trend for her. I mean, you might sure. not be familiar, but it's just that's true. That's that's her bag, which is which is like, and it's her parents. I get high, bag. and then I go to rehab. It's her I get high, bag. and then I go to rehab. And and the problem with rehab at this point is that it hasn't recognized that rehab itself is a part of the getting high process. It's, it's, a, it's a routine, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, fortunately for us, because she was going to rehab was the only reason there was all that blow in the house. Well, there you go. Right. So it was a good time for everybody. Yeah, it was great, man. That was a, that was a really good time. And to this day, I mean, I, if we ever have Marcus on, maybe he can, like, explain how we caught the backyard on fire, um, how, that, how that went down. But uh, the best part was that, you know, that, that wreck on, I remember calling my parents a couple of days later, and I was like, hey, guys, I'm okay. And they were like, yeah, we were watching the news and saw that... Uh, there was a three-car the pileup. The, on the, the, uh, the causeway was shut down. It was like made national news. I was like, "Yeah, that was me." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But that makes so much sense now, remembering that there's no shoulder on the fucking causeway, and that, that of course that makes sense. That I would, I would, that makes sense to me now. Like, of course I fucking shimmy down the bridge, the girder closer, the bridge, closer to death. No, closer to a serene, safe place. You know, and not away from all the chaos and moving vehicles that are out of control and a fire I, and a car that's a about to blow smoother, up. Smoother, serene place filled with lashing waves. <laughs> I was, I was definitely, I will say this, man, I for sure was concussed. There's no question in my mind. I mean, I, I fucking hit my head and so is Jeff. We both like fucking, we crushed our heads on that day. Holly fucking crushed us from behind. You know, we're sitting there having this funny talk like, Hey, work the brake and the thing because we have this car behind us. You got BAM! <laughs> you know? Splattered. Yeah, right, exactly. Crushed. Wow. I think I think Holly must have sped up somehow. Oh, I can't see. I'm gonna speed up. Eighty miles per hour. Well, I have a story. Yeah, what you got? Joel Jackson. What 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 story? I have a story. Mm-hmm. I have an evacuation story. Okay. I'm all ears. It's not an evacuation story. Do you hear that audio right there? Yeah, what is that? Do you hear that? Yeah. That's the sound of Hurricane Gustav. That's me. Oh, Gustav. Yeah, that's me. Okay, what, what okay. so you heard a little bit of audio there, right? Yeah. That's a video that uh, my, me and my friend Paul and Nick Scramuza all produced during yeah. Hurricane Gustav which was a Category 3 hurricane that was predicted also to run right up the Mississippi River, uh, headed toward New Orleans after, after, I know, Hurricane Katrina. Right. Exactly. Now, because of Katrina exhaustion and other factors, Nick, Paul, and Alvin and I all went over to Nick's place in Algiers, excuse me, and and hunkered down and decided not to evacuate because we decided that the best place to be was the one place in the city that didn't flood during Hurricane Katrina, which is Algiers. 
Right. And and we figured if it, if it is a big thing, we'll be here and and everything will be fine. Of course, what happened was it just turned into this like hurricane party. Right. Where of course. Kind of just like what you were describing. It's like we we just went and got a bunch of beer and everything, and everybody predicted it's going to shift, it's going to go someplace else, and we we hung out in in Algiers as Hurricane Gustav came came by, and and I don't I don't have any kind of like great story. There there were no accidents. There there was only just a few biz- bizarre things that happened. Like one one thing was like immediately the military rolled in before the storm was even there. There were these military trucks that were rolling up and down the street. Well, that was because of Katrina, thing, right? Oh, go ahead. Go that ahead. Was, that was because of Katrina, right? It was totally because of Katrina, right? Exactly. And so, so the whole place became militarized really quickly, and then it became, it was vast, vastly abandoned. We were really like maybe other than one other group of people, we were the only people that were there. They had issued a mandatory evacuation. We we defied that order. And and so the thing that people think in the rest of the country, I think, when they watch media, which is kind of a foolish thing to do in, in a certain sense, is that, you know, that this authoritarianism has teeth, that uh, somehow police officers are going to take the time to go door to door, you know, to thousands upon thousands of homes and and rental spaces and offices and this and that and demand that people leave. It's right. just not possible for them to do that. Of course. And it's it's beyond the capacity for human beings to care that much about it because because there's a certain aspect to staying in town that that it it's not going to be as bad as as people think. Right. You know? And uh, and there was a sense that okay, it's a category three, but it's probably going to weaken because instinctively, being from here, knowing about the behavior of hurricanes and not listening to the hyperbole of what uh, forecasters are predicting all the time, especially on the national media, because they're trying to amplify the level of danger in order to sell advertisement. Of course, okay? that's you exactly have to keep right. that in mind about exactly. fucking the Weather Channel. It's like there's a reason that they send that jawbone looking, West Coast looking fitness dude who has no fucking hair into the freaking eye of the hurricane every single time. It's because that makes you watch the show. And for the Weather Channel, there's one season every year that's a slow season for the rest of television where they shine out. That's and that's right. hurricane season. And that is where they make their money. Okay, so when you watch that stuff, you, you think that this is the reality of it, that there's some kind of like overarching authority figure that's going to swoop in like Superman and beat his chest and grab you and take you off and cart you off to safety. Nothing could be further from the truth. We were shirtless, standing outside like, like, like bearded rednecks and <laughs> drink, drinking beer and grilling sausages. Dude, that's awesome. As as Hurricane Gustav was bearing down on the city of New Orleans, which, if I can describe, the the front line of Hurricane Gustav when it came in was the most well defined before the storm, after the storm thing that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. A, a, a an ex- extremely low lying, curvaceous 
line of darker than dark thunderclouds moving in over the city looking like the the alien spacecraft in Independence Day. Wow. And it just moved in. And we knew there was a there was a uh, uh, a blast of wind and 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 stinging though very slight rain that was coming down <clears throat> that came out in front of it and all of us looked at each other and said that's it there's there's what was before and then this is the storm that's and, it <clears throat> and that's it <clears throat> excuse me and that was 100% correct so you guys After, had the city to yourself. You guys had like Algiers to yourself. We had Algiers. Fundamentally, I mean, there there were a few people poking their heads out here and there, but the the one odd thing was that even after Katrina and all the controversy between uh, the the redneck city of Gretna, which is right next to Algiers, where the 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 the, the white suburban paranoia of the danger of just black people in general comes to roost right. in, in very violent and, and illegal ways when a crisis hits, which is we have to defend ourselves against black people. That, that's it. It begins yeah. and ends there. Yeah. That's it. They're like, black people will come and ravage our city. And if we don't, if we don't murder them before they arrive here, <laughs> then, then, then all is lost for our race and our society. And and so the funny thing is that where Nick lives is just a it's it's not a stone throwaway, but I mean it's it's just up the street from Gretna, you know. I mean Algiers is a functionally a large place, but it goes more deep than it goes wide, okay. And uh, and we we're at the perimeter of the width of Algiers, and and I would say probably somewhere between a quarter and a half a mile down the road which is a straight shot, literally, listen to this, Joel, staying in a house right next to the levee. Wow. Okay? His, his backyard, when you go outside of it, is the river levee right there. And, and so we had, well, let me finish two thoughts. One's about the levee, and the other one is about up the road. What the city of Gretna had did was that it erected these... Uh, construction nighttime work lights that are attached to a generator yep. right on the border of New Orleans and Gretna. And the lights were shining toward New Orleans, full on, blasting with light toward New Orleans so that they could identify anyone of, of, of African descent who yep. might be tending toward Gretna. Wow. That's okay. Insane, dude. And they were armed to the teeth. Jesus Christ. So, so instead of learning from the racist, murderous actions that they committed during Katrina, which is to illegally come into the city of New Orleans and block the bridge, uh, complicitly in with the uh, the police that monitor the Crescent City connection to protect. The, the 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 virginal vagina that is Gretna, which is made up of predominantly white trash people, right? They they shot 
live rounds of ammunition at citizens of New Orleans in order to prevent that from happening, in order to preemptively strike against the presumption of crimes that were definitely going to happen to the city of Greta, right. which frankly is another half mile to a mile up the road. So if those crimes were going to happen, in fact, they would have been perpetuated on the city, on, on Algiers, on New Orleans proper, which was not flooded during Katrina, right? Yeah. But the city of Gretna took it upon themselves to set up a blockade and disallow those people from, f to pass. And, and the court system, unfortunately, in, in New Orleans, being racist and biased as it is, uh, agreed with them up the food chain. And the only unfortunate thing is that the Supreme Court of the United States of America, being dominated by conservative losers, didn't review it and slap them down for the illegal activities that they, they perpetuated during the storm. So not only did they not learn from that, oh, and by the way, there was looting and, and criminal activities on the West Bank that was happening that were being committed by people who live there, not in the city of New Orleans. Right. So the mall got looted by people who live on the West Bank. Of course. And all kinds of shit happened. So their response to their own people on the West Bank committing those crimes was to shoot live rounds of ammunition at people coming over from the East Bank. Which I don't know how more perverse that could be because the conventional wisdom about West Bank versus East Bank in New Orleans is that West Bank is a bunch of lowlifes. Yep. And, and the East Bank isn't. So they, they in their minds, they, they reversed that. And they said, no, we're, we're, we have to kill you from coming to destroy our <laughs> so, so that's what happened during Katrina. And because the court system didn't appropriately slap them down, which, by the way, the police chief's uh, son, uh, a police chief of Gretna's son was involved in a, in a racial beatdown, uh, just to let you know, like, the kind of mentality that governs the city of Gretna in Jefferson Parish in New Orleans. Uh, after the storm, his son was arrested in the city of New Orleans with a group of white kids who beat a black man almost to death. Jeez. That, that was his son. So, so it's basically like KKK racism running Gretna. Right? Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's, it's, it and, sounds and so, like KKK. Yeah. Exactly, because they weren't able to, since you know the courts weren't didn't do what they're obligated to do and, and uphold the law, they, they allowed them to slide, and so when Gustav came along, Gretna was even emboldened even further, and they said, not only are, are we're not going to go on the bridge, but we, what we are going to do is we're going to have rocket-propelled grenades, shotguns, machine guns, dogs, and bright lights on the border of New Orleans and Gretna, and we're going to murder anyone who tries to come into Gretna. So that's what was happening when we were just up the road from these guys and, and right next to the levee because we had this cockamamie plan that we said, how, how crazy is this? Oh, and I got to describe something else too. Here's the other thing is that the other greatest vulnerability in New Orleans to flooding other than what we learned was the canal flood walls breaching as they did during Katrina. Yep. And it was only because of the direction of the storm and because it negatively impacted the storm surge as it 
affected Lake Pontchartrain. The other one is that if the storm goes slightly west, is that the storm surge will then surge up the canal systems that have been built by the petroleum industry that affect the west bank of New Orleans, which has no levee protection whatsoever because it's, it's fundamentally an entire part of Louisiana that is basically a batcher that's beyond the levee protection system. So that flood surge would, 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 storm surge would come up through there and it would hit the Harvey Canal and it would flood the West Bank such that, and listen to what I'm saying here, the suburban areas of the city, of, of that area, meaning Marrero and Gretna and the other places in Jefferson Parish, would be forced to flee into the city. <laughs> wow. Which, of course, the city of New Orleans, being better than them, would not meet them at the border with guns blazing, with dogs, with racism. No, of course not. But they would be afraid. That they, 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 they a bunch would, of fucking white people would be coming into the city. And they'd be afraid, though. That's what I'm saying. They would be afraid. But you know what would happen? The opposite of what they think. That's right. It's exactly right. They'd be embraced. With open fucking grandma, arms. Some grandma who would take them in, who would be way more aware of their racism than they are, and would give them some fucking red beans and rice. That's right. That's right. And that's how shit would go down. That's right. Because on our side of the, of the freaking border, nobody had guns pointed at those motherfuckers. Yeah. And that's the difference between suburban New Orleans and New Orleans proper. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's a, The thing that bums me out most about New Orleans, like, people will talk about the crime or whatever, and, it, it you know, the random crime in the city does bum me out, but suburbia is, bums me out so much more. That Just the, the, the distinction between, just the wild differences between, uh, and, and look, every city is like that, right? Uh, between totally. the city proper and suburbia, for sure, but but it, it feels much more severe in New Orleans than other places. Oh, it is totally severe in New Orleans, and it and it's it's laced with fucking hyperbole and 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 rhetoric. It's like by the time anybody gets out to where you fucking f- Frady cats live, you know they're too tired from walking to fucking rob your ass. <laughs> so it's like, why don't you just fucking like give some people some food? And, and so, but you know what the truth is, Joel, is that you're more vulnerable where you live on the West Bank. You are. Yeah. Okay? You chose a bad area. And it's only a matter of time before a fucking storm comes in and fucking clocks you the way that happened. But you know what happened? It's not what happened. Because the models that they had for Hurricane Gustav had it coming in that direction that would devastate the freaking West Bank and cause people to flood into the city. But it didn't. Did the characteristic C curve yep. happened. At yep. the last minute, yep. and it curved toward the northeast, yep. right? And it went, and it went away, and it was really nothing. There was just some drizzle, and and the video, if, for any of you who want to watch it, is on YouTube. All you have to do is go "Full Grown Man Society versus Hurricane Gustav." <laughs> nice. <laughs> and and if you punch that in, it's going to come right up. Full Grown Man Society versus Hurricane Gustav. And you'll see the video that we made of what happened when we were 
uh, staycationing, as it were, in New Orleans for, I would say it was a good day and a half. And let me tell you, we had hot sausages. We had, we had all kinds of shit there. And we just fired up the grill. And interesting, interestingly enough, the only real eventful things that happened during that time were this. Is that we went on to the levee uh, at the height of the storm just to feel the wind and the power of it in your hair. And, and it was blowing. And we got interviewed by a random news crew from France that, yeah. that happened to be on the West Bank. And that this was the area that they picked where they're like, this will be high ground if, if something bad happens. And we'll be here. We heard about the dead body from Hurricane Katrina that the police murdered and, and put behind the levee. And this is where it happened in Algiers. So let's be here. And they came over and they interviewed us. And they're like, so how do you feel now that the, the city is about to be drowned yet again? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And we're like, eh, 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 you know, we're grilling some sausage. I'm watching the video right now, dude. You got Alvin. Yeah. Got, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, there's the there. film crew, the French film crew. The oh, French film God. crew is in it. Yeah. So we filmed them filming us. Uh, the dude on his little tractor. His late and that was the other one. The rednecks came up, and those were probably people who assisted in the murder last time. You know, and they're they're rednecking it around Algiers, oh, like being God. guardians, quote unquote. Stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you like that? Get a little cat. Yeah, the cat is there. The best thing about hurricanes uh, is doing the staycation and just staying behind. Like you know, the, the only time I ever evacuated was uh, was Georgia's, but it's so much fun staying behind. Folks, hold on one second here. I'm going to play some audio from the video right here, okay? Just so you can get it. Like maybe through the audio, you can get it some kind of semblance of uh, what was going on during this and, and how uneventful the entire episode was. Good job. The whole project will be done by 2011. They know that some levies are not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> nice try. That's so fucking great. Okay, there you go. That's that's about it. That's so fuck. You guys got to do this. Go to YouTube. Full Grown Man Society versus Hurricane Gustav. It's awesome. So, <laughs> Alvin's got his tongue stuck out. You know, as the French oh, guys are like talking. And we're, and, we're, and we're drinking, of course, like all oh, of us of are, you know, we're, we're kind of loaded. Scramouz you know? is kind of taking it seriously, like he's hamming it up in front of the camera a little bit. Yeah, that's right, oh, exactly. Oh, on the street. He's going to let them know, you know, like what it's all about. Oh, there's me. Yeah. Oh, having a cocktail. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Oh, there's some rain dripping out of the freaking stuff. Oh, there's a puddle. Yeah, that's what happened. That was it, Hurricane Gustav, staycation. That's a killer time. You know, I got to tell you, it was awesome because let me let me describe to you this. Here was the most pleasant moment. After it passed, knowing that everybody was out of town, we got in the freaking car. We got, you know what? I think the ferry was operating. Either we got in the car, we we got on the ferry. I can't remember which. But anyway, we had our bikes, and we went bike riding through the French Quarter when there wow. was no one there. That's fucking rad. And, and, and I don't know if people are aware of this or not, but generally in the aftermath of a hurricane, the weather is beautiful. 
Yeah. It's beautiful. It's stunning yep. for like a day and a half. Yep. And, and so we just rode around in the French Quarter enjoying the, the aesthetic qualities of that area of the city devoid of the tourist rampage that normally engulfs it all the time. And, and of course, where do we go? We're like, let's go to Cosmo's Bar and see if it's freaking open. Yeah. And here's New Orleans for you people. Here is New Orleans. Bar room in the city that's in the French Quarter that's been open, probably owned by the freaking mob years and years ago. Open. Open. Hurricane Gustav, open. Yes. They're open for business. Okay? We roll in, fine-ass bartender behind the fucking bar, and they're open for business, and there are people in there, and we're having a cocktail. And that's yeah, it. That's fucking great. That was, that was a great time, man. It was a great time. Just hanging out, having a freaking grill, and, and, and watching the absurdity unfold. And then just riding your bike through the, through the French Quarter. And, and again, in its own way, like, like I could say on, on Mardi Gras Day, it's Tuesday everywhere else in America. It's on, when I go to a great show, I could say it's just Thursday night everywhere else in America. There's so many things like that in New Orleans that I could say that differentiated from the rest of the country. But here's one that's totally unique and totally rare is that right there. Yep. If, you can, if you have the gumption to know after years of instinctually monitoring these storms that it's going to turn to the right, we're not getting hit by this one, and I'm going to stay in town, and I'm going to experience this. And Man, I, I'm not encouraging people to do dangerous things. I'm really <laughs> I'm not. No, but I don't, feel don't do dangerous things, but I'm going to say this. Ask me if I have any regrets about doing that. None. Zero. I have none. Because it turned out beautiful. None. Because we had a cockamamie plan, and it was basically this. The river levees are stronger than any other levee. And if we need to get out of town, there's one unbroken string of high ground, and it was right behind the place that we were staying. And yeah. we will get on our freaking in our cars and drive on top of the levee and get the fuck out of town. So you guys had Nine a plan. miles so it up the fucking river. So it wasn't totally cockamamie. I mean, you guys had a plan. You guys thought it through. We and you plan. thought it wasn't going to hit but you. But how crazy is... What, what's your evacuation route? The levee. The levee. No, I One thing that, 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 that could break and, and kill you. Oh, that's fucking awesome. I love it. Now, that, was, that was the plan. We're getting on it, and we're going. We'll go north. Yeah. That's, that's what we thought. That's and why not? Great, dude. Why not? That's fucking I had my camera. I was ready to go. That was the other thing, too, that I was thinking, Joel, at the time. Because in a, in a weird way, I was upset with myself that I wasn't positioned in, in my body and place during Katrina to, to make some money off of what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Because that's the one thing that happens when a disaster happens is you're like, I don't have any work. Right. The yeah. city doesn't. You're like, I'm a video I guy. I should be fucking documenting this shit. I right. should be documenting this shit. So you know what? I had my camera, and I was ready to fucking roll. Yeah. I was ready to roll. And I was like, if, if this happens again, I'm getting hired. I'm getting in a boat, and I'm going to be one of the guys that's going to be out there doing yep. this shit. Yep. I'm not letting that happen again. Yep. 
but it didn't happen. That's a trip. That this that whole thought process is a trip. I mean, I had similar feelings too. Right. You yeah. Know, you want to be there. You want to be there. You want to be there. Worse. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So. Uh, well, hopefully, this summer will be. Uh, God, this has been a monumental podcast. It's been a marathon. It's been good. Hopefully, this summer will be uh, hurricane free. Hopefully, it will be. Yeah. I say that with some trepidation. Me too. Because <laughs> a good category two is uh, kind of fun. <laughs> right. It is. Uh, cool, man. Well, uh, it was a good one, man. Good times. Good. Yeah. Good Next time we'll get into some stuff too. You know, I yeah. do. I do have some romantic stuff going on now. You have that going on. Uh, I definitely want to get to my. Uh, I've, I've teased this once before, but my. Uh, PKDS, PKMS, uh, speaking of hurricanes, I want to lay that theory out for everybody. That's right. That's uh, right. That's a good one. Right. Right. Well, PKDS, should I explain? Uh, well, or no, we'll explain. You can, you can say Leave it, it as a hook. It, uh, Post-Katrina divorce solution. Syndrome. Solution. Versus right. post-Katrina marriage syndrome. Syndrome. So we'll, uh, we'll explain that. That's right. Because that was definitely happening in full force. I can give you lots of examples of both, including the one that I fell into. Well, you know, and not to be cliche, we can, we can do our Katrina podcast. Yeah. Because, I mean, it has to be done. And I can tell you about the dog and the girlfriend and, and the beat-up pickup truck and Bethel, Connecticut and all of that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, that, 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 that should happen. We should do that, uh, you know, around the anniversary. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that would be in August. Yeah, exactly. August is shaping up to be a hell of a fucking month already. Yeah, we got the Dog Day of Summer podcast. We got the Katrina podcast. We'll figure That's out, right. We'll figure out what to do in July. Yeah, July. I mean, man. And then you and I are going to be in Outside to... Lands uh, August 10th through the 12th. Man, August, folks, is already booked. We got uh, Stevie, Stevie Wonder. uh Metallica and Neil Young with Crazy Horse at that festival. Man, that is a fucking sh- god. That is a lineup, man. I know. I'm trying really hard to firm our shit up so I can go ahead and book our flights. I think is there like are, are there some other acts in there too? Oh yeah. Like uh, is Soundgarden playing or some shit like that? I don't think so. Those are no? the headliners. I think Soundgarden is touring, supporting a new album or something. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, Metallica's a Bay Bay Area band. Yeah, it's yep. gonna be good. Yeah, we saw Lars Ul- Ulrich uh, backstage a couple of years ago when we were there. Oh, that's right. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool, man. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, we should jump off the pod. I got. I came straight from work over here, and I've been drinking a lot and haven't had any food, so I'm gonna eat some dinner. I'm probably gonna go get some more beans over there, man. Do see that, me. dude. Go see Joe. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. See Joe. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Jeff, you, want, you want beans, meat, or juice? <laughs> It'd be funny if it was like. I want juice. Yeah, I'd like some juice. Just leave it at that. You know what? He would he would riff on that. That's the kind of guy he would. He would. He would homosexually riff on that. (laughs) Good. That is the kind of guy that he is. Good. You should go. Oh, you want some juice? I got juice for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I got it right here, motherfucker. (laughs) And then he go fix me a plate. (laughs) All right, dude. That was good. Yeah, it was killer, man. Okay. Until next time, folks. We'll see you. Hi, bro. See ya.